So thank you, Coach Lynch, to uh, yeah answer some questions for, for us. Any time, man. This Any is uh, the basketball. This is basketball podcast that yep. we are uh, doing. We have been doing it for uh, quite a while now. We have several guests already, and I'm happy to have you here. Oh, thank you for having me. It's the first time that we can talk, and uh, great. I was. Uh, Really happy that we could make it work now. Uh, we have been trying for quite yeah. a while now. <laughs> so uh, it's also a good opportunity. Uh, this is the first uh, uh, exhibition game for Limburg? Correct. Yeah, yeah. so we, we played our B team last week, but we didn't okay. even have any plays in. Um, just went over through a few uh, defensive uh, schemes that we're going to do this year. So we kind of went into that game raw. But today we should have a little bit of uh, a more of an idea of what yeah. we should be doing, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> it's a better opponent, yeah. I guess. Yeah, much better opponent. Yeah. I mean, this is a – Frankfurt's in the upper echelon of, uh, of Germany, uh, uh -huh. you know, in the BBL. So um, I don't really know what to expect, but I do know that this is going to be a great preparation game. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we're here today. I'm uh, Stefan de Vreze. Uh, I'm t uh, together here with uh, Thibaut. Um, so your decision – to get back to Limburg, how did how did that came about? Well, it was uh, it was actually a long thought out process because when I finished in Charleroi, um, I needed some time to to reflect to mm -hmm. see about what I wanted to do next. Uh, I didn't really like the way it went over there, and I felt that I kind of got shortchanged, as we say in English, over yeah. there, and didn't really get an opportunity to finish out what I had mm -hmm. hoped. Uh, to to do a good job in and uh, and I really felt that we were on our way there. Um, none of that matters at this point. At when I when I was finished, then I needed some time to think about things. I went to Australia with my family. Uh, Kim had some things she had to do with the Australian Open. I kind of got away from basketball in Belgium, but started to talk to some people in Australia. Uh, saw some games there with Sydney. Saw some games in Melbourne. Um, flirted around the idea of maybe doing something different outside of Belgium you okay. know, the following season. And uh, when I came back, uh, but I wanted to do something different maybe than, than just getting into coaching. Maybe mm -hmm. it would be player development, maybe be into sport director, yeah. something different. Okay. Um, so you had to think twice um, before they offered you the job in Limburg? No, I, I think the idea was that when I, when I was done with Charlotte, I didn't really know if I'd really get back into coaching right away. Mm -hmm. I, I really... I'm, I'm dead serious when I thought about maybe getting into player development, just working on, you know, with young kids with their games uh, and developing their games, uh, something different. Uh, okay. And uh, when I saw the games in, in Melbourne and, and Sydney, uh, I came home, I saw a game of Limerick United. I, the I just felt a, a strong sense of connection still with, yeah. with Hubo Limerick United, with the people there. And, um, when I saw that they started to struggle, uh, you know, Martin, the president, mm -hmm. started to talk to me and say, you know, what my thoughts were. And I, you know, I, I just told him, I said, look, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be available at the moment for now until until whenever that is uh, next. I, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and a couple of weeks later, you know, things hadn't gotten any better with Hugo Limerick United last year. And uh, he asked me if I wanted to take over the following season. I said, I'm open to anything at the moment. I'm just, again, just still trying to. Uh, reflect and keep you know building up what I what I thought could be a possibility for me next year and different mm -hmm. ideas of maybe sport directing and, and, and player development and so on so um, and then he came with me with a proposal to start already last season uh, yeah. and the big reason was because 
if he was going to take me the following year, uh, if I started last year, I could already get the system in, get a chance to meet some of the players that are really important, like Nathan Guta and, and Leander DeDrug, and, and have some of these guys, Max Depoit, who are going to be back, mm -hmm. uh, then could come back with some continuity, knowing our system uh, could help us and have a little bit of an advantage going into this season. So um, when he proposed it, uh, it uh, the connection was still too strong. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't refuse it. And how difficult was it coming in the middle of the season with Limburg? Well, that was so a great, actually it was a great experience for me because it was something completely new. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, I had actually that was the one team that Charlotte had never played. We played every other team except for uh, Hubel Limburg United because the first game of the season we had Champions League qualification, and that was our first game of the season. We had to reschedule it. Okay. So. I never saw them play. I only had saw them play a few games before I got there when I was home in February. And, uh, you know, to be honest, I l liked what I saw. I saw that they had some talent. They had some guys that can really shoot the ball. Um, I was a big fan of Cleek Spicer since uh, the day he got there. So I, I thought maybe uh, I could, you know, kind of introduce a different idea when I got in there and not completely change mm -hmm. it. You know, I don't think uh, you can come in in March and start a whole new thing. So. Uh, with a, a, a big help from my assistant, Raymond, uh, he, he kind of told me what the things that they were doing really well, things that they were struggling on, and I kind of found a middle where I can introduce a few things that I like, uh, keep things that are going well, and then try to work on the things that we weren't doing well. Um, and that was the, the idea when I came into it. So, uh, and it was really new because it's not like you come into a preseason and have six weeks to build on something. Mm -hmm. You just kind of come in, you get thrown into the fire, and it's like, all right, let's do this. You know, let's, let's get it going. So, fun. And that was really something you were looking for, because why would you go away from coaching? What would make you do that? Um, well, <coughs> to be quite honest with you, I, I, the coaching gig, people don't realize the time and the amount of time that you need to, to do this. Uh, it's truly, truly a job that takes 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You cannot, like, take, you can't take time off. That's my opinion, if you really want to do this at a high level. And I kind of missed a little bit of the flexibility uh, to be able to spend more time with the kids, to be able to mm -hmm. go away with the, maybe the family on a fall break, uh, you know, to do, like, to do more family things, to be more present uh, as a father, as a husband, uh, for my family back in America. Mm -hmm. uh, those things were, t it's tough to do when you're a coach. Um, so I started to think like, you know, how, how deep do I want to get into this? Uh, so I, I, I had to reflect on those things. Um, when I, you know, when I decided to come back into it, it, it came into it with a short-term uh, mentality. I told, you know, the owner, Martin, look, Martin, I'll come in and help you out for the rest mm -hmm. of this season and I will, guarantee you that I'll be here for next season. I'm, I'm not guaranteed for anything after this year. Um, so I, I, I really uh, I want to give everything I got uh, to this season for these players and for the club to, to build this back up and to be in very competitive. Yeah, because with that in thought, if you chose for Limburg again, I, I would imagine that you have like more impact now how things are going to go sure. in Limburg. But with respect to your family, with, with the time you can spend with them and so on, it's much much easier, I think, because they already know you in Limburg, and maybe now you have more leverage, I guess, in, in the club I itself. Well, look, when you, those guys are uh, they're actually becoming very good friends of mine. Mm -hmm. You know, the owner and the and some of the, the head sponsors. The, we've created a really good community um, in our club, which is what I love about this club. 
And so I, I feel very spoiled here to be back in a place, like you said, they, they give me the freedom to A, make mistakes. Uh, they know what they get mm -hmm. from me. So um, I'm in a great situation. I know that. Um, I do have, my heart is in this for the right reasons. I'm not coming back to Limburg to uh, just take a year and leave. No, I want to do everything I can this year. We brought back uh, Coach Mitch um, because I wanted to make sure that if the day comes, I decide to do something else or move on. Uh, maybe go back to the States, et cetera, et cetera, that they have a great assistant coach and uh, Coach Mitch. They have Coach Ray, who's grooming to be a, an excellent head coach. So I think that, you know, you know, I, I can only help, you know, continue building on the foundation here and, and, mm -hmm. and, and start building it back up the way, you know, how we were building it before I'd left because we really were going in a great direction. And so, in what yeah. way are you looking forward to next season? With the players you have, do you think you have a stronger roster than the last time you were here in Limburg? Or Hard to say. It's too early. No. Um, we're very young. So we have three rookies. That's the most I've ever had uh, as a coach. Um, we even have three guys or even four guys who have one plus ones who we intend to keep over two years. So that's part of the building process mm -hmm. also. Is and, and I guess we, you know, we steal a page out of Antwerp's book there and, and you give a, a guy two years to build on, you know, and... So, you know, we're just doing it at a smaller level. Yeah. Uh, mm. So, uh, you know, that's, that's the idea. And, and I, I don't know yet what, what, what we got because it's still a little bit early and, and they're super young. You know, three rookies, uh, one guy is only one year out, and then the two other guys are only two years out. So yeah. all our foreigners are really young. Now, what do we have on the other side is our Belgians are really, really uh, experienced uh, mm -hmm. with Max, Niels, when okay mm -hmm. um, and then you add in some younger guys you have nothing all right you have leander you have sammy who's coming from uh, charlotte another mm -hmm. young guy so we have a great balance there of some hungry young huge potential belgians with some experienced belgians that have been there done that but i really like that mix but it's too early to talk about the ambition for this year well, i think the ambition is simple like I, I i really believe that we put together a team that can compete uh, mm -hmm. and and possibly win something maybe a cup uh, I'd be dreaming to say that we can maybe make a finals of the, of the mm -hmm. competition mm -hmm. and fight for a championship. Um, being able to get to the finals and fight for either one of those two would be, I think, a great ambition and, and step for the club. But I think um, something that's really important in the Belgium competition, if you see who has had the success over the past few years, it's Ostende, that's clear. But what they have that others don't, in my opinion, is continuity. Correct. Yeah. And you you tell that you really want to do that here in Limburg, and you were on your way doing that in Limburg to create that continuity. So my question would be then, why did you leave? Yeah, that's a, a great question, and the answer simply is uh, ambition. You know, mm -hmm. I I wanted to see what it was like to be in a bigger organization where I wasn't really good friends with the owner, where I wasn't really good friends yeah. with the head sponsor, where I didn't have the leverage that I have here. I wanted to feel pressure like I've never felt before. And, and now that I felt it, I, I, it's been a great growing experience mm -hmm. for me. Uh, I usually use the term of it was the, it was the best worst experience of my life. Uh, Do you feel like you've became a better coach? hundred percent, yes. absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, uh, I couldn't have grown the way I have over the last two years if I didn't take this step. So uh, without question, it wasn't a, a mistake to leave. Looking back on it, you're 100% correct, Steph. I, I, without question, I could have continued to build and maybe we'd be in a different situation right now. So in one way, that's a pity mm -hmm. because uh, I may have lost two years there. 
but from a personal standpoint, the growth was, was really good for me. I think uh, I couldn't have got that same growth if I stayed here. So, you know, you got to take the good with the bad, I guess. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, and uh, it's never a, a bad decision when it's going to be good for you personally, of course. Um, and it, it surprises me then that, that even Charleroi doesn't have the patience to build that con continuity with a coach they already know that can build something like that. Well, I think it's a different situation in Charleroi. You know, it's, uh, the results have to come right away. Mm. It's, it's not, it's not a, a club that waits and, and gives opportunity to build continuity, mm. which is tough. Um, I, I, I try to explain to them that overnight success is very hard to get, and, you know, and, I, and I'd be really happy if we could get it in the snap of the finger. But um, I really think that if you look at the first year, for example, mm. you know, we had our bumps and bruises along the way. But then, you know, right after that Christmas break, coming into January, February, March, I think we were one of the best teams mm -hmm. at that point in the season. And, it, you know, I think we only lost five or six games in which two of them were in the semifinals mm -hmm. to uh, Antwerp. Um, so that's all we lost. So y we should have built off of that last mm -hmm. season. Mm -hmm. um, but again, you know, when we had to make so many different changes to adjust to the style, to the change, uh, you know, flat out, you know, speaking truthfully, we, we couldn't do nothing with Roscoe. He doesn't fit my system. There's nothing. I, we were, I was handcuffed in a, in, a, in a situation. So I did everything I possibly could mm -hmm. to, uh, to build around this situation that I had uh, mm -hmm. and, and keep as much continuity as I could without completely disassembling the mm -hmm. team. Um, and then uh, I needed a, a little bit more time since mm -hmm. there was a lot of changes. Um, looking back on it, would have been really nice is to keep three or four of the foreigners that we had um, put in maybe two or three different ones and maybe keep most of the uh, Belgian guys and add one or two. Um, couldn't do that. I had to, had to readjust everything um, in year two. Were you surprised by the decision of the front office in Charleroi and how did you cope with their decision? Uh, yeah, I was very surprised. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you look at the way we were playing, uh, especially you know, the week before, after I got, uh, a week before I got fired, we had just played Mons, who at the time was in you know, first place and we beat him by almost... 50. I don't know what it was. Mm. Um, and so you saw that clearly we were going to be a team to, to contend. Even the week before that, we played in Antwerp and won by 20 almost. Mm -hmm. So we were playing spurts of really good basketball. What we were was a little bit inconsistent. Um, mm. And I think consistency comes and is built over time with the continuity. It was just what's, you know, Coach George has done a great job in, in Ostenda. You know, having worked with him a little bit over the summer in the, in the national team situation, I get a chance to see what a great coach he is. Um, but he also has the, uh, you know, the opportunity to keep a lot of guys. Mm. Uh, and, mm. and, you know, they have the Champions League tag list on there. You know, there's, it's much easier to build with, with the budget and the Champions League and keep guys. So uh, in Limerick United, we, you know, it's, it's hard. You know, when, whenever we have a, a big success story, they're going to move on, whether we like it or mm. not. But that's, that's who we are, and we accept that. That's... It's a little bit our MO. We, we, we take players who maybe are being overlooked. We get guys who are maybe not at the same, or let's say their uh, teams don't, don't really think they're that good, and mm -hmm. then we take them, and all of a sudden they flourish here, and then they move on to bigger things. And that's, uh, we've done that with a lot of players, and uh, that will continue to happen with us. There's no way around it. We don't have the budget to support players mm -hmm. when they, you know, have a 15 and 7 year in our league to keep them. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's not in our cards. So when facing Charleroi this season, will you feel some kind of revenge? Or no, I mean, look, I, if you can say I got my redemption last year, you know, in the playoffs, I didn't expect that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think karma has a way of, you know, working itself out. I, I, 
was uh, <laughs> it was just weird how it all happened when when Limburg United signed me signed me back. The first game was was Charleroi, and then the first opponent we see in the playoffs is Charleroi, and I was just like, geez, like. <laughs> What? <laughs> There's obviously someone's messing around with the Some, card. Somebody yeah. wanted to tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's your chance. Yeah. <laughs> so no, but um, you brought some somebody back from Charleroi to your team. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So and a good player as well. Yes. So that will be a, a perfect addition to your team. Yeah. Well, I mean, you talked about continuity being important, right? So we, what I try to do is get as many guys that have played in my system as possible. So. Brought Niels in. We needed a backup point guard. He knows the system. Great guy, great leader, uh, experience. Sammy Demirtis, we had him for two years in Charlotte. He's a young guy who's, who's kind of getting his first opportunity to maybe play a lot of minutes uh, this year. And we, we intend to play him every game and give him the opportunity to get his feet wet. He knows the system. Max now knows the system, having been with me when, obviously, he's, I've had him for two years. Nathan and Leander now. So now all our Belgians, actually, guys that know the system mm -hmm. uh, to an extent. And those la uh, last two guys you mentioned, uh, Nathan and uh, Leander, mm -hmm. do you see them making a real impact this season in the league? Are you planning to give them a lot of playing time this season, those both youngsters? Yeah, to be honest with you, I think, I think Nathan can end up being our starting five. Mm. Uh, that's mm -hmm. how much I uh, believe in him. I think Leander is uh, a guy who's going to float between two positions, the three and the four. I'd like to develop more his three skills because I think at the highest level, uh, he can be really devastating as a three. Uh, let's say he's already comfortable playing the four, so uh, mm -hmm. it's going to be you know back and forth between that three and four position. But both guys are going to play a pivotal part of our team, and uh, I, like I said, I think even Nathan has a chance to uh, to start. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, speaking of youngsters, you made a decision. Probably were asked, or how did it go about? you being the coach of the national team under 18? Well, uh, um, you know, Jacques Stas uh, invited me to come and be the coach there. I think he had to pull some strings for me to be there. I, I don't think they like uh, professional coaches being involved in the youth yeah. situations, mm. um, which for, I guess, from a federation standpoint, I understand. Uh, I can see where it's an advantage for me. I see all the U18 teams in the B division. Uh, I get to see all the best talent of Belgium in our country uh, they get a chance to see me there's a relationship built between me and the players i so I that wasn't that wasn't really this is your decision <laughs> to make to see those talents to get them back to limber that wasn't really no for, it, uh, <laughs> for <laughs> me for me i wanted the opportunity to coach on a national team yeah. and, and see what the experience was okay. like um whether it was u16 all the way to the lions i, I really didn't care mm -hmm. i just wanted the opportunity to, to be a part of a national team i i've been here a long time mm -hmm. Um, I've been around Belgian basketball enough to know a lot about how the league is and, and, and the development of the players and how this league should go. And so uh, I didn't really care as long as someone gave me the opportunity. Uh, and like I said, I think I, I owe a lot of gratitude to Jack Stoss because I, I don't, like I said, the Federation probably wasn't a big fan of this. Mm. So he had to you know, pull strings for me. And, I, and once he offered it, I, I wanted to take it, ha experience what it's like to be in those you know, it's not it's not coaching Hubert You're coaching Belgium. You're representing Belgium. Yeah. For me, that was kind of special. Um, so I really, really enjoyed the experience. Uh, it was extremely, uh, I'd say, uh, intense is a, better, a good way yeah, to say it. Yeah, because you have only such a short period of time that yeah. you can create a team yes. and try to get the results. 
Yeah, and, and you're doing it with 16, 17, 18-year-old kids. Yeah. So you're not doing it with 22, 23, or even some of my guys. I got when is you know, 35, 36. I got so guys. So it's a different approach, a different style of communication. Yeah, not only that, but it's th the learning process. Mm -hmm. If I tell mm -hmm. Wen and Niels, this is what we're going to do for play A, B, and C, they're going to get it over in, in a week. Mm -hmm. With the U18, that could be four or five weeks before they actually get an understanding mm -hmm. of that and, and all the details and all the options. And so that, that's a process where you have to spend more time in, in real breakdown situations, which is something that I don't have to do as much uh, with the older guys. And, and th I think that was also a great learning experience for me. So I knew that not only would it be a great experience, but it would also be a huge learning experience for me. So from that standpoint, uh, I was really happy that I did it and they, and they allowed me to do it. It was, it was very so is, it, is, this, is it something that you would like to do more in the I, future? I, th I think from uh, if I'm not going to be involved in professional coaching, absolutely. Um, if I'm involved in professional coaching, it's something I have to think about still because I, you know, I see wh where the federation is coming from. I mm -hmm. don't think they liked it. Um, and uh, I have to admit that the time that it takes is, like you said, it's, it's, a it's not something you can do you know, half-ass, I can't go mm. in this 50%. Like, you are all in come, you know, beginning of June to the, I guess, middle, beginning of August. Yeah. There's no there's no breathing room. You got to be all in. You got to mm. you give everything you got. I mean, you're, you're representing Belgium. You don't want to do this half-ass. So mm -hmm. you go full out, and then you get back, and you're like, okay, I got to start my pre I'm already in my preseason now for professional, you know. All right. mm -hmm. So it's uh, it's something I have to think about how, how that can you know, work in the future. But does it help you to, to define how the youth development is in Belgium? Do you think you can make a difference there? No, I don't think I can. I'm going to say straight up. I think I need a lot of people to get on the same page. Yeah. Uh, I think that the most important thing is that the top of Belgian basketball, those people can make the impact. Yeah. Uh, and how can they make the impact? And I, you know, I've said this to Jacques, is like, we need to create an identity in, in basketball in Belgium. What is our identity? You know, when I see Israel play, I see an identity. I see them switching on ball screens, full court pressing and different presses. I see them playing a certain style with inside, outside bigs. Like there's, there's an identity and a style and they, they do it since the moment they start playing basketball in U12 to U14 to U16 to U18. And by the time they're U20, these, these kids are really, really good. And they're really good in that identity. And, they're hard to beat, mm. you know? I mean, take a, a country like Finland, look how good they're doing. They've been doing this for the last 10 years where everybody's coaching the same identity, the same style. It's not you have a defensive transition, uh, defensive scheme, and you have this, a different one, and you have a different one. No, 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 no. This is what we teach in Belgium. You're coaching that, you're coaching that, and I'm coaching that, so that by the time those kids are 16, 18, 20 years old, they know it, and they're mm. really good at it, and, and we're better, and our, you know? I think that has to start at the top, and I, and I think people want to do that, but I think, uh, I don't know if, if the egos of coaches are going to get too big where it's like, well, I have my system. Well, I think we need to ha adopt an, a Belgian style of system, and until that happens, I don't think anybody can make an impact, and it has to start at the top. So you would imagine that uh, people would know that already because <laughs> I've been following it for, for more than a decade now, and it's... It's still the same story over and over again. Okay, so this is uh, not news to you. This no, for me, no, no. For me, it is because it was my first year. No, <laughs> I, 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 it's good that you said it uh, as, yeah. a, as, as a person view, view, viewing from the outside in. But some somebody has to make that impact on a higher level to make it happen. 
because it reflects our competition as well. The level of, of Belgian basketball, the league itself, is is they need those kind of youth development pl players. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I there's no doubt about it that the another thing that and again maybe this is why the federation wouldn't want professional coaches to be coaching in the uh, in the the national team mm -hmm. youth teams is because I see very clearly that there is potential. Yeah. There's a lot of potential and we need to start to develop those kids. So for example, you have a a 33-year-old guy who's played in the league a long time but you know, he's not really that big of an impact on your team. Like why take him? Yeah. Mm. Why not take the 18-year-old kid who probably has way bigger upside and maybe in year one he's not going to be as effective as that 33-year-old, but he'll be close. He'll give you some, you know, different intangibles because of his maybe his youth and his legs and his athleticism. But three years from now, that kid's going to be way better than the 36-year-old, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, why, not we, why don't we start investing in those guys? Mm -hmm. I see it clearly that that has to change, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, unless, unless you have guys like, like I'm very fortunate where, you know, take Wen Boss Mugabu. He's, he's still, he's our captain, mm -hmm. and he's going to have a huge impact on my team. So that's a different story. But uh, we have three kids, three guys mm -hmm. who are U20, two guys are U20. We have Sammy, who just got out of U20 only two years ago, who are going to have an impact on our team. And we have a second team in which all those, about the majority of those players are 19, 18, 17 years old who will practice with us and hopefully will be our future mm -hmm. uh, Belgian players. Mm -hmm. Let's hope. Let's hope. No, that I mean, that's they, the goal. We have yeah. to develop these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, uh, it, it still surprised me that nobody sees what's happening in Belgium. They see the success of Ostende and it... And the success of Ostend is continuity, but also the continuity of youth development. You can argue that they will bring the most talented guys together, uh, of course. Of course. But still, they do the work. Yeah. I so, mean, what's the only thing I think uh, in Ostend they have such a I don't want to say a pressure because, but they are they are the king of our league, so they want to stay the king of our yeah. league. So they can't they can't. Ostend, it's not Ostenda's responsibility to play, in my opinion, Tim Lombricks when he's 19 years old. Mm -hmm. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's Ostenda's uh, responsibility to loan him out and yeah. give him to a team like us or to, to Liege or to Leuven and say, play this guy for the next two years. We have him on a five-year deal. We'll mm -hmm. take him when he's ready to help us win championships. I think that's the difference. So I, I don't blame Ostenda for not playing the young guys because their objective is to win you know, unless they have someone really, really special, but they have to win. They want to compete for of Champions course, League. Yeah. They want to win the league. Uh, I think it's it's the lower teams that are screwing this up. You mm. know, when I like look, take for example, two of the most talented kids that I saw on the on the younger teams, uh, on the youth teams, were AJ Mitchell, okay, who was on my team, and uh, and Brontanovich, Harris Brontanovich on the mm -hmm. U twenty, who should have been on, on our team as well, but w they needed him for of the U twenty. Yeah. Both guys are leaving Belgium. Yep. This is an absolute tragedy for, Absolutely. for our league. And I'm sorry, I don't want to make it be dramatic here, but if you want these Belgian kids to stay, someone sign them and give them a real opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, that's one thing that I got to give Jack Stas credit for is, you know, he's a big advocate of pushing these young guys to play um, and get guys to sign, you know, and. Uh, you know, th he's right. These kids need an opportunity, even at 17, 18 years old, in the first division. They don't have to be your starter, but put them in the game. Mm -hmm. Let them start to develop. I guarantee you that three years from now, they could be as good as your starter. So how important is it for Limburg United to keep guys like Leandre de Droog and Nathan Kuta for more than one season? 
Well, we have, them for the, we have them for the next three years. Yeah. So, so okay. we are they're under contract for the next three years. So our intention is to build each year mm -hmm. on the roll. I mean, nothing, like I said, I mean, he has a, real, a legitimate chance to start this year. So already in, in year one of his three, this kid could be our starter. Mm -hmm. So it's all, I mean, I think we're trying to do it the right way. I, th I think, uh, you know, I'm, in one way, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed that like a guy like A.J. Mitchell, who's only, you know, half hour from the province of Limburg, is, uh, is getting away and going to France. Yeah. But maybe in the future, who knows? Uh, but these, these kind of players, like I said, uh, Belgium in general, other teams, especially the smaller teams, we need to be a little bit smarter about getting these kind of guys on our squad early in their career and developing them and letting them grow with us and not outside of, of Belgium. Isn't it also um, something we had to do, something we, we have to do about our communication to those guys, about trying to explain them or, or trying to give them some better options than going abroad? Because we, we talked about this a lot with other guests as well. A lot of players try to escape to the NCAA to get better, mm -hmm. right, or abroad. But nobody tells them, I think, that nobody tells them what is the best option for you individually. You see a guy like Vrens Blainberg who is mm -hmm. staying in Antwerp now. Yeah. He could have gone to maybe NCAA or, or, yeah. or uh, uh, somewhere else. But So if you want him to stay, we have to sign him. But we also have to have more communication with those guys about the different options. Not only because they get bombarded with go to the NCAA, that's the best, that's this, that's that. And there are a lot of guys over there. Yeah. But you never see them come back and play in a team or yeah. not having an impact, maybe once one or two guys. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, th these kind of players, I think, need to have uh, uh, someone guiding them, yeah. you know, and uh, an idea could be the Federation guides them until they're 21 years old or something like this, uh, until they're out mm -hmm. of the youth d teams, the youth national teams, who knows? But someone needs to give them an uh, uh, an and also somebody needs to give him an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So, so for Vrenz's sake, I hope that you know Antwerp's going to use him this year. If they're yeah. mm -hmm. if they're going to use him on the second division team and not play him on the first division team, like what's the point of him staying there? Mm -hmm. This is he'll fall back into the Tim Lombrecht situation. Like he needs to go to a team where he's going to play 20 minutes this year. Mm -hmm. If Antwerp plays in 20 minutes, great. If he doesn't, I feel bad for for Vrenz's sake because he loses a year of his possible development and. Uh, and again, this is not pressure on Antwerp. I'm, I'm just saying, like, in general, in Antwerp, again, who just came out of the final four of the Champions League, like, you know, they may not have a spot for him to play 20 minutes. They have bigger aspirations than to just develop friends. Mm -hmm. um, would Brent's blame by uh, play a lot of minutes in your team? In Limburg, you think? Well, I think uh, had I known in the beginning of the, of the summer before we recruited, yeah. we could we could have recruited a lot differently, of mm -hmm. course. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. Uh, it, I, you know, looking back on it, looking back on it, and again, the experience of the U20 had helped me. Like, I think the majority of my team would have been these talented kids. I would have loved to have signed Harris and Vrenz and, and AJ mm -hmm. and Leander and Nathan and go in a different, complete di uh, direction. Mm -hmm. You can still keep one. You don't. Just ha you just don't have to go with six foreigners. Um, so that I think, uh, if you have a budget for six foreigners at X amount of dollars, well take that X amount of dollars and make it for four foreigners. You can buy four more quality players mm -hmm. um, of a higher experience. And then you can start to put in these young, talented guys who are going to be fun to watch. They're going to be mm -hmm. good. They're going to have some nights where they're going to be terrible. And, but again, 
it's not our responsibility every year to be winning championships. Our responsibility is to be the team that nobody wants to play. And I can tell you, when you have that young talent on there, with four good foreigners, you'll be a team that nobody likes to play. So, so we're going to see some more changes next season then in Limburg. It all it all depends on how we do. I mean, if if, if, if things work and click and things are going really well, I'm not going to just dismantle a team just to mm. you know to put and insert young talented players. I think it all depends on how we do and how guys gel. Um, but I'm, I do believe that we have a nice core of, of Belgian players in terms of balance of experience and young guys. That's really good. Uh, it just again. Do you think that uh, that creating a uh, a league with uh, the Dutch teams will be uh, a good decision or a good uh, way forward? I'm a fan of it because it gets more teams in the league. Uh, you know, to be able to break the season up into home and away only once, you know, or let's say two rounds, yeah. would be ideal. You know, and still be able to get in 26, 28 games with the playoffs and the cup and be perfect. Um, if we can figure that out, I think that'd be great. I mean, people complain about, yeah, but Groningen's five and a half, six hours away. Like, guys, like, <laughs> in Germany, they, they got to yeah. go eight, nine, ten hours. Yeah, so, exactly, yeah. So uh, I don't think we should ever complain about this. I, we're in a good situation where everything's pretty close within six hours range. Uh, we should make it happen. I really, I really do think that would help. What do you think about the media coverage of basketball in Belgium? Well, I, mean, I think that's something that can that can definitely do a little bit better. Uh, we, I think we have to admit that basketball is probably the fourth sport, fifth sport here. You have you have it's cycling. It's supposed to be the first uh, sports uh, indoors, but okay, know. oh, indoor <laughs> sport, okay. Yeah. Because you have cycling, you have soccer, yeah. and then um, you, but volleyball is getting really big. I think. Yeah. Uh, um, mm. Tennis, of course. Tennis, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So basketball, I think we're fourth, fifth sport, yeah. and it's. Mm -hmm. The interest isn't there. I, I, I think, uh, you know, when you televise it, how many people are, I mean, what, what are the ratings? I don't know. Like uh, these things, I don't know if we can, if our league can do a better job of, of doing more publicizing of the games and, and hyping it up more and, and making more events. I have no idea. I, I, you know, I think Antwerp is doing a great job in their own realm of things, of, of, of creating a real monster over there, you know, in terms of fan support and, and, and and a unique team and a unique club. Uh, I'm, 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 look, I've worked there. I know the uh, the president really well, Roger. Like they they got their stuff together. They know what they're doing and they're doing it the right way. I think the whole league needs to follow that kind of mentality. So how is it in Limburg now? Um, the popularity of the game of basketball it's evolving or I think it's evolving slowly. Um, mm -hmm. We're getting better players. We're getting more youth and 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 more people interested in basketball. So that's that's the start. Mm -hmm. Um, I think uh, we had to take a step with our academy in Limburg and, and created an academy, which, which kind of hurt the relationship with some of the clubs yeah. around Limburg, which was, I wasn't here at the time when it happened, but when they created it, they created it maybe under the, uh, uh, the wrong, let's say, pretense of starting a, an, uh, an academy. We have redeveloped the academy. We have readjusted everything. And, and I think now it's a lot more team friendly and we're not stealing players and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, Hopefully, by doing it the right way, um, we can start to build those bridges again between us and the clubs because that's going to make basketball, I think, more stable for Limburg. Is that general. also something that you're involved into more and more? Or? Well, yeah, I mean, this is look, I'm the head of the Limburg, Hubert Limburg United Basketball Club, and, and it's my job to, to build this team as best as I can. And part of the team building is going to be to create 
an identity, create uh, a, a really solid foundation mm -hmm. of a style, and and also uh, I think uh, uh, the connection between the Limburg teams that that have the future potential players for us to create that brotherhood like that we don't have that yet we we started to build that before i left then we made an academy after i left and a, a second team and i think some some yeah. bridges got burned mm -hmm. uh so now we have to rebuild those bridges and, and get that that limburg united feeling again because without it i don't think that this this club can have the magic that it really mm -hmm. we, we, we want to have you yeah. know we, we want to be the team that every team in the province of Limburg wants to play for one day. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that not yeah. only the players, but even the, the owners of those little clubs, you know, a club want to see the players play yeah, at mm -hmm. the club. Exactly. Yeah. One day you're going to be yeah. in Limburg United, yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and right now we don't have that. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think when we can get that, that will be absolutely mm -hmm. awesome. We can create something so unique, more unique than anything in, in, in Belgian basketball, even Antwerp, because we're a whole province, you know, yeah. we're not just a city. It and would be exciting <coughs> to see that happen. So at least we can get some competition for Ostend as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everybody <laughs> wants to beat Ostend. I, you know, look. Yeah. I, I thought Antwerp had a really good shot last year. Mm -hmm. I, th I thought they could have won a game. I think it was a uh, in. Uh, it was a game three at home. I yeah. thought they could have yeah. won that game. Ooh, yeah. uh, put them up two to one going into Ostend with maybe a different feel mm -hmm. than if they lose. That they still get that fifth game at home, whole different ball game, full house. Maybe they win it. So. They came close, man. They mm. were the closest anybody's come, in my opinion, even though it was only four games mm. uh, to winning. And I thought it was their year. But you got to look, uh, he annoys a lot of people with his antics on the sideline. I know he's a little bit crazy, but you got to give Dario uh, Georgia a little bit of credit for what he's done. I mean, the guy's a really good coach. And, yeah. you know, I, I teased him this summer. I'm just like, what are you doing here? You know, go coach Hero League. You're too good for this league. Seriously. Um, you know, but he's found a home away from home as f himself. You know, he, he really loves it in Ostenda and, you know, they have a house there. They, 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 you know, he's really loved and appreciated there. And, and he's built a, like a powerhouse. So wh why leave? He's right. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I'm, you know, I understand his, his point of view. So uh, I, I, I just think, uh, you know, last year was a perfect example of you saw, you know, a, a coach rise up and, and, and help his team win when, it, when nobody expected. And, uh, but I thought I thought answer was going to get him. You also got to give some credit to uh, Thompson and, and Angola. Mm -hmm. That that transaction. Sometimes you need luck, you know. So Lasisi gets into a situation with a ref. He gets kicked out. They think he's kicked out for the rest of the season. They pick up Angola. Angola becomes one of the best wings in our whole league. Mm -hmm. Okay, they needed help because Marish got hurt, so they bring in Thompson. Now you have Thompson Angola, and then you get Lasisi back. Who, in my opinion, I'm, I know I've coached Elias. I think he's by far one of the best two-way players we have in this league. He can defend anybody on the wing, and he can, he can score. He can give you produce points. So you get one of the best Belgians back. You bring in Angola and Thompson, man, at that moment. And we played them, uh, and we beat them at home last year. But I got to say, like, uh, I think they were sleeping in game one because in the <laughs> second game when we had to play in Ostenda, mm. they beat the heck out of us, and I saw a different team. Uh, so – uh, I wasn't so surprised that they were able to shock Antwerp because the addition of Thompson and Angola and then getting Lasisi mm -hmm. back was really, that's, that's hard to beat. Yeah. So uh, talking about this season, how much work has there still to be done before you can beat Ostend in the first game of the season on 13th of September? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, we got a lot of work. I mean, they have, they have a lot of those players back. They have mm -hmm. some young guys, but the most important thing for us is that we should go with our young with our young guys with a mentality of we have nothing to lose let's go out and play really hard let's start to play mm -hmm. our basketball uh if we win that's a great win if we lose 
what do we do wrong? What can we do better? Uh, what are the things that we did well? Let's build on that as well and, uh, and just take it from a, a learning standpoint. Um, but I think we have some real competitive guys. So I, I don't think that we're going to go in there uh, with a mindset of like, well, we'll see what happens. I mm -hmm. think we're going to go in the mindset like we're going to take our best shot. Yeah. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Well, we wish you all the best today and, of yes. course, in the first game against Lustende. Thank you. We thank you for your time uh, Anytime, today. Thanks for and, having uh, me. Good luck in the season. I appreciate thanks. it, fellas. Thanks. Nice bye -bye. to meet you both. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs>